If you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. Today on Horse Chats, we're going to chat with Catherine Chrisley Schreiber again, and we've chatted with her quite a few times before. She's from Dharma Horse and into natural horse care, and we're going to talk to her about track systems. We just briefly touched on it in a previous chat, and I think this is going to be quite interesting, especially for people that are considering putting in a track system themselves on their own property. But before we get started, I just want to remind you about the vision for International Horse College which is to have a world where people safely appreciate, respect and enjoy their horses and the horses appreciate, respect and enjoy their people. Have a look at the website, internationalhorsecollege.com, in, uh, registered training organisation 31352. Now, are you there, Catherine? Hello. Hello, Glennis. I'm here. I'm looking forward to chatting to you about this track system. We sort of briefly touched on it, Catherine, and I know that you've, um, you've implemented it. You're very happy with it. But for someone who's saying, what is a track system, can you just explain, give a bit of an overview of um, what a track system for horses means? Absolutely. Um, When horses are in just a large field, they tend to cluster and congregate and they just sort of stand around. And what people have found, and they are being implemented all over the world, is that if you make this track system where you have, you know, two fences that channel the horse, it can be a 15 foot gap to a, say a 20, 30 foot gap in between the two fences and they meander all over the place. The horses tend to push each other. And I mean that in a gentle way, usually to push each other along. And so they walk and they get more exercise and just setting up that track system itself tends to put them back into a herd mentality that they feel like um, they relate to the other horses, they find their hierarchy, they find where they fit within the herd dynamic. The horses themselves seem to thrive. And of course, you know, that's just emotional well-being. There's so many other things too. Yep. Yep. Wonderful. Wonderful. Now, I know that we want to make it wonder as much as possible. Your track system, if you think about the whole track system, how big an area is it and how many horses do you have? <laughs> um we did. We built this uh, track system that we have in the high desert, mm-hmm. so we don't have a lot of plants, and uh, so we could take it kind of anywhere we wanted on the two and a half acres. We built this all through 2019, which has become a blessing because now Mark and I can take care of the horses by ourselves. With yep. the COVID, we have uh, mm-hmm. no volunteers, no helpers, and this was a miracle in the making. We just didn't realize how much. Mm-hmm. So it's a little over two and a half acres and most of that is the track system but what happens is it it loops and comes around we have a large round yard it's a about 110 foot diameter that's sort of the central place and it's made out of it's pipe fencing yep and then the track system follows i can't imagine i can't think of how big and long it is but it's very long it goes around that with feeding stations along so you can feed through those pipes and not have to go in with the horses if that's what you want to do. Okay. And then the track system itself goes out 
onto the acreage, makes a loop, follows the perimeter fence, which has a dog leg, goes out into an area with shelters and soft ground for them to lie down and do things and roll and do that. Comes onto another system. We actually can divide it, which is a blessing. So the system itself, it's like you made a path that meandered all it could all around your property, looping in and out and created a place where the horses just keep moving. Um, we have a perimeter fence on the whole property and uh, it's dog and coyote proof. So it's a um, not welded um, wrapped wire mesh yep. that has an electric fence tape along the top. And that, that would discourage the coyotes from wanting to come over because there's electric fence on the top. Mm -hmm. It's working very well. But all of that is the property itself fenced. And then within it, it's just this very cool track. It is in the desert. So the plants that we have are mesquite trees and yuccas and chaparral and things like that. The people in um, other countries, other parts of this country make it. And there's grass and big trees. We hope to plant trees someday <laughs> and get shade and windbreak. But um, so they can move it. But the thing that happens is horses are browsers, yeah. not necessarily grazers. And so if you have this big, lush, rich pasture, which can be very detrimental uh, to horses, to their digestion, their hooves and things. They're just going to stand there and eat and eat and eat. But you set up this track with all the meandering and, you know, we put feed stations. We'll talk about that more later, but all over the place you have puzzles and things to play with and enrichment all over. And so they can spend the entire day and the entire night finding things to do and, and interacting with each other. This becomes to me so much better way we, we don't have to exercise <laughs> them you know you know yes yes make them exercise make sure that they get exercise because they're always in movement mm. it does miraculous things for their hooves because there's a lot of self-trimming that goes on especially um this kind of ground because it's a coarse sand and clay and someday we want to put down some rock crunching so that there'll be some areas with stones that they can walk over that won't harm their hooves but will strengthen them mm -hmm. well and how many horses did you say Catherine? Oh, yeah. Sorry. The On the track system right now, there are seven horses. Mm -hmm. uh, we figure it can handle 12 and okay. we have uh, enough shelters for uh, the shelters are made. So there could be 16 horses because you always want to have more sure. spaces than you have horses on the, yep. on the place. Yep. Right. Yep. Mm -hmm. OK. And we'll talk about feeding a, a little bit, but I do have a question just and it's something that just occurred to me because that was one of the things I was going to ask you, but the fences. So mm -hmm. you've got it all dog and coyote. I'm not used to saying that word. We have dingoes, not coyotes. Right. <laughs> um, they're very <laughs> visible, <laughs> safe. OK, but but mm -hmm. that's going to be flexible because depending on where you live, the type of fences that you need. But I suppose if you've got a good Precise. perimeter fence around the two and a half acres, then you can streamline it a bit and have it, you know, horseproof fences on the inside if you've got decent fences around the outside of it. With all of that, to just sort of keep outside things from coming in, mm. the track itself we built with electric fence, the real wide oh, white okay. tape that's yep. highly visible. Yep. 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 On, on solar chargers, it gave us flexibility in making curves and turns and, and the things that we needed to do. And it makes it so that if we needed to change something, we could go in there and do it. And each track, as it moves and meanders around, creates these little islands where the horses don't go. Yep. And those are the places where we're going to 
plant a lot of, eventually we can, a lot of trees and bushes for windbreak and shade and all of that. And just, you know, the aesthetics of it. And we have, I think we have like four of those wonderful little islands within there. And each one has its own solar electric fence charger on it so that, you know, the maintenance gets really low on these things. Well, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, tell us about the feed stations because just listening to you there, because you talked about having the round yard feeding it through the pipe. So even though the feed stations, and tell me if I'm wrong because that's the way I understand it, if the feed stations are actually spread out around the track, but every now and then the track is going to go close to the pipe. So all you're doing is going within the, the big round yard and putting the feed through the round yard. Mm-hmm. And oh, that's amazing. Yeah, because I, I was wondering, that was one thing, do you have to sort of traipse all over the place with the feed? But that's very efficient. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It has, that works really well most of the time. And um, we have our shelters. We built these very unique shelters. It's one roof with a cross wall, like an X from the posts that hold it up. Hard to describe but it makes triangles and each horse can find personal space within. So each roof has four sections Mm -hmm. and we have four roofs. So we have 16 private sections. And um, when there's really inclement weather, instead of feeding them out in the the feeders along the station, uh, which is actually quite huge. I think we have like 11 or 12 feeders along there, much more feeders than, than the number of horses. We will take hay nets and tie them up under the shelters, and we'll do that a lot anyway. We we want them to be like they're out grazing, browsing, and mm. finding different things. We feed a variety of grass hays and put them in different places. And you know, a lot of people might think, well, you know, my horse is such a food monster; he's going to eat everything in sight. We have one, and he has begun to self-regulate because he doesn't feel like there will be a lack, and he has to eat everything in sight. He grazes and meanders and finds what he wants. And because he's getting all the extra exercise, it makes him healthier. Okay. Yep. 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 Mm. Now, I mean, it's just sort of good horsemanship to feed more feeders than the number of horses you've got. You know, you've always got the one at the bottom of the pecking order that you feel sorry for and the boss horse might, you know, <laughs> have have two or the, the one that's more dominant are going to have a couple and the one that's more submissive is just going to walk away because he doesn't want to have a fight. So um, having more feeders and the number of horses, if you've got, I don't know, I suppose you've got the 16 horses, if you've got 12 horses in there, how many feeders would you have? Is that where you have 16, is it? Yes, yes. So if we we got to our maximum on this track itself, we would have like the thought of 16 stations, 16 places. Mm -hmm. And we put the same kind of feed in each. So, and they'll play musical feeders and, um, you know, poor little dream cat. We have an Arabian mare that she's a sweetheart. She's so mellow. She just waits in the back till everybody gets fed that goes up to <laughs> one of the other feeders um, until this one horse, Bodhi, came along. She can push him around. So she loves to do it. So it's <laughs> okay. funny. Okay. But when you watch, yeah, you watch that whole herd dynamic, we'll go down in the night, like on a full moon, and we'll stand around with them and we'll just spend time watching them and getting to know them better and as they become a herd they've become completely different horses their personalities come out some of the horses as you know we're a sanctuary and some of these horses have been uh, quite abused a lot of them flooded to the point where they were so shut down and they've opened up and these are such great horses we can walk in there with them 
and wander around with them in you know the middle of the night with the moon up and mm. they don't get into scuffles with each other they walk with us they're very you know respectful of our space and this has taken time to create it didn't just happen overnight and sure. as they became respectful of each other in the herd they also became so respectful of us and if we have to go in with the cart to bring the hay in and put in the feeders because of weather or uh, we have another horse maybe in the round yard because we're trying to integrate them I can go in there, or Mark can go in there with that cart, and it's full of hay, and be going along putting it in the feeders, and they walk along respectfully. Nobody starts a fight. Nobody grabs it out because they come to the point where they know that they're going to get what they need, that you know no one's going to slight them, and that we're doing it for them, not to them. Everything. It's it's been an amazing year of figuring it all out with them and finding it to be the most brilliant solution we've ever found. Mm, mm. Mm-hmm. What about the waters? Do you put it in one spot and make everyone walk to the water or you put it in several spots? How does that work? Is the water close to the round yard so that you can easily check it or not? Just tell us a little bit more about the water. Yeah, <laughs> yeah different places. They're kind of the water tubs that we're using now are kind of congregated near the round yard. Okay. And um, we're finding... You know, and you have to take all these personalities into account. We have this one mare that uh, Clementine that she will, if the water is low, the container is low, she'll put her her front feet in it and she'll splash till all the water's gone. <laughs> so everything has to be chest height, so she can't do that because she's in the herd. And we've taken these marvelous barrels that uh, they used product for making cheese, so it was you know food stuff in it, and we've cleaned them out and cut them and we've made these incredible water we need to make some more because it's now hot summertime and they're drinking them down quicker so we need more stations for water we're going to do that hopefully this week but a lot of people use automatic waterers and things and right now we're torn between that we can't afford to do it we can see the convenience of it but if we're pouring the water in all the time we know if they're drinking or not yes and if they start to to, we start to see the water not going down. We've got a problem. We need to figure that out. So everything is, we're able to reach with this one hose because so, we're filling them with the hose pipe. And then uh, where we're going to put some more is going to be a little further away. And we're going to have to add on to the hose, make a little connector to turn off and on. Because if any kind of weird thing happens in that herd dynamic, like the leader, which is Longta, the big Irish draft horse, if he decides he wants to keep a mare away from one of the other geldings, he could keep her up in a corner and she might not get to the water. Mm. So, mm. you know, we, we have, you observe, you watch, you think, and then we realize we need to have some water stations that aren't as close to the others. And you, you just learn and all the time as you go. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just thinking, because I think you said about 15 feet wide the track or what's the minimum distance you've got for the track and what distance is it between 15 and 30 I think you said yeah we have a couple of lines of long track that go down and they're about 15 feet wide Mm -hmm. and that gives horses enough room that they can kind of watch out for themselves and each other we don't want it to get like any closer than that but it will open up in areas to um you know 20 to 30 feet up to like 10 meters and they're more comfortable moving in that the area up by the shelters that is a very large area it's a dog leg on the property the track itself sort of opens up to that and then goes off tracks again beyond it oh that's got to be another 100 feet wide 
okay. maybe 140 feet. So it's a very large area. And only time that we're really putting food up there is in the inclement weather where we'll tie it under the, in the hay nets under the shelters. So that is where they go sleep and roll and things. But then if they want to get a drink or they want to go eat, they have to wander around the track and get to it. Yep. So I would say that never go smaller than the 15 feet. What would that be? Um, five meters? What would yep. that be? Yep. But, you yep. know, to, to not get so small that if horses got beside each other, that they couldn't quickly move on or, or hang back because... Mm -hmm. Once they establish a herd, they know where they belong and they're going to be okay. But we're going to introduce a new horse this week. We, we separated the tracks. We, we built all of this into it so that we could bring in new horses. They come in, they have to quarantine in the quarantine pens, which are real far away from the track. And then after they've been quarantined, they'll maybe go like to the round yard and see how they react to the herd over the pipe fence. Yep, yep. And then how everybody's going and if we feel like we need to we divide the track so we have a track system to the north and a track system ah, to the south okay. yes yes yeah and so we've had this new horse goose on the south track system and we made a little dmz so that they couldn't fuss over the fence now we've taken that down there's only one fence between the next few days we'll take that down and we'll let him go on into the herd we had him with another horse it didn't work out real well, so we let him be by himself and get to know them over the fence. Um, you just take each one as an individual and do what, what feels like you need to do for them. We have a 28-year-old off-the-track thoroughbred down there, because we actually have two properties. We have horses, the special needs and the 41-year-old horse and all are up here at our home. And we can see the second property from our home. It's that close. And we have a horse down there that we can't bring here. Joe is a strangely uh, fearful 28 year old off the track thoroughbred so we just built him his own pen with a shelter so he has a large pen with the shelter right beside the round yard and he can see all the other horses and that worked okay so he feels like he's a part of it yeah but yeah. he's not in with them you know. stop i need to interrupt this chat for a hot off the press notification that is that the latest version of the book 101 careers in the horse industry is now available and the best news is that it's a free download. So if you work in the horse industry, if you have a plan to work in the horse industry and have a career in the horse industry, or if you know someone who plans to have a career in this fabulous industry, then this is an essential book for you to read now and then keep as a reference as you progress through your career. With over 100 jobs to choose from, you'll probably find at least one that you'd happily do without being paid. So simply go to internationalhorsecollege.com, scroll down to the bottom of the page and click on the 101 careers in the horse industry button to receive your free career book. Imagine, maybe one day you could be a guest on Horse Chats. You know, you've got the, the shelters and you explained about four sections, uh -huh. four shelters. We use them for shade, but you've got safety and storms. What What sort of, I mean, is it is it just with the roof and no sides because you need something from the storms? Is that what it is? What's so interesting, because the, I'm trying to think of a way to do it without drawing it, <laughs> because it's like, you, it's like you draw an X. Let me just interrupt because if anyone's yeah. interested in looking further, you know, we're chatting about this now, go to dharmahorse.org. Yeah. Org. Is it yes. Catherine? Dharmahorse.org? Yes, dharmahorse.org. Uh -huh. Yes, yes. Okay. Because there's, there's um, the photos. You'll have, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you'll have the photos there anyway. But anyway, yeah. we'll, we'll keep chatting about it if anyone wants to go to Dharma Horse. But I'm finding that 
I've gone through and had a look and we've talked to about the track system before. I'm learning a lot right. more now about it, thinking about an easy way to implement it here by talking to you. Yep. So, yes, please oh, keep going. Right. And I know that, you know, <laughs> yours is in the high desert and we're a little bit closer to the coast, a little bit greener than what you are, but I'm still thinking how can this get better? Yep. Always. And, you know, we're improving constantly. But the shelters themselves have these cross walls that make these little triangle part that they can go into. The way they're set up and they're all clustered around on the track, if the wind is howling out of the west, everybody can find shelter from the west wind. If it changes and howls out of the east, they just move around and they can find shelter from the east wind. So the, they're walls, wooden walls. The roofs are metal. And we want metal roofs because we get uh, monsoons and thunderstorms and lightning. Mm. And the horses are safer if they're under a metal roof, if there's a lightning strike. I'm a strange person. I plant hawthorn bushes because my grandmother taught me that if you plant hawthorn on the property, that the lightning won't strike. So that's okay with me. I'm going to do it <laughs> and, and believe in it because why not, right? Yep. But yep. it is the kind of thing you think about because... Um, here in the high desert, we will get torrential rain, sideways rain, howling winds. We get ice storms in the winter because we're up on the mountain. We're about a little over 5,000 feet altitude. The rest of the mountain on up is about seven. And then we have a, a valley down below us, the Rio Grande Valley. So we have every imaginable weather. And because we want the horses, we don't want to, to run and put them all in box stalls because of something. Um, we want them to be able to seek the exact place that they need to be to feel safe and to be safe. Yep. This design, this little shelter design has been the most perfect thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now, you said something before about puzzles, but I know you've got a variety there. You've got hills, sand piles, green spaces. Tell us a bit about the puzzles. I'm, I can picture the hills and the sand piles and the green spaces, but I'm interested in the puzzles that you've got. <laughs> well, and what happens is that, you know, we want to give them enrichment, things yeah. to think about and do. They interact with each other. But, you know, we also want to put um, logs all spaced so that they have to find a way and negotiate their way through it. We want to build some platforms that they'll have to kind of walk over, up onto and off. That's what I'm calling puzzles. Okay. That it takes some thought and, you know, consideration and kind of maybe getting over apprehension and just doing it. And I worked at a, a horse rescue years ago, a really big one, and we were trying to get mares that were um, PMU mares, uh, had been in the pregnant mare urine industry, and they didn't know how to load and trailers and things. So I dragged pieces of plywood out and put the plywood around the feeders so they'd have to step on it and hear that when they came mm. up to eat. Um you think outside the box and you think, what can I do that will help this horse feel good about the next step I'm going to take? So if they're having to walk over things and later when you want them to do it for your own specific reason, it's not a shock to them that they're going to step on a piece of wood or we're going to walk over a rock or under some, you know, dangling pool noodles and things like that. It's not to force them to accept it and go through it and, you know, make them do it. It's to provide things like that so they can go, oh, this is cool. I can handle this. And as they accept it on their own, they then accept it with you. Um, I have a horse, one of the horses right now, everybody in the whole place, both stable yards, 
we can spray with the fly spray. We use an aerosol that has pyrethrins that's not you know, real toxic. We can spray everybody with an aerosol spray in the morning and evening and nobody moves an inch. They say, please, you know, it wasn't always like that. We had to kind of convince some of them that we weren't going to hurt them. And the newest horse right now is terrified of being sprayed. So I walk out and when I feed him and I just stand and I just spray the air near him. And first he was running away from that. And then he was just standing there. And, you know, I figure it gets a few flies. Now it'll kind of drift onto him and he's less frightened. Instead of putting a halter on him or tying him up or saying, you're going to put up with this, I just let him see that I'm doing it to the other horses Yep. and that as I'm doing it, I'm not doing it to him. I'm doing it for him. He has become much better about it. Mm-hmm. Everybody has their own ways, but we're trying to let this herd teach us as we go along, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Now, I know you you said before about rock crunching, but just explain that and how rock crunching helps to build the hoof hoof health. That's, and you know, yeah, we've had so many hoof issues on a lot Mm -hmm. of these horses that that we've brought in uh, from founders to, I've got a horse right now, his walls are peeling off. He was hot shod all his life, the hot shoe put on right out of the forge and it made his hoof so brittle. The thing is that I don't want to make him so soft. I want him to get tough. So right now he's on sand. Yep. In time, when we can get our rock crunching set up, and this is going to be, um, sounds, sounds like it's something mean. It's going to be like uh, smooth-ish stones, like river stones, um, and maybe some um, chunks of stone, but in like the size of my hand so that it couldn't get stuck up in a hoof, but not so big it could twist their fetlock. Yep. And we'll put an area where, they, they don't have to go through it, but they can go through it. And it would be like an easier way to get somewhere than going around. Kind of like when you're jumping cross country and you've got some options. <laughs> We're going to make it so that their easy option is to go through the stones. And a hoof is, is a dynamic living thing. And so if it has some challenges, it will strengthen itself to meet those challenges. And we have real soft areas so they can lie down, get their REM sleep and all those things and roll and have fun. But we have a lot of areas that are kind of packed sand and clay because moving around on that will toughen those hooves. It'll make for a stronger frog. It'll, um, the sole will slough off. That's that self-trimming. Yep. So that if they're moving on coarse ground, the sole will start to slough off instead of just keep building up. If their hooves are shaping themselves naturally, they're going to be more balanced. They're going to be healthier than if we're taking the nippers and the rasp to them all the time to make them what we want them to be. And we're finding this to be the case that the horse's hooves are healthier like this. We don't have, I have to be honest with you, we don't have the rock crunching yet, although we have some pretty trappy places on the, <laughs> on the track. But when we can't afford to get the rocks, we will we'll bring some in. Our tractor is a blessing. We, we muck the track system with the tractor. That's a blessing with no help now for the moment. So we can get all of that. We will take the tractor and we'll build up a rock crunching area and make it so that it's an option, but it's an easy option for them. And I think we'll even see a more dynamic change for the better in all of their hooves. Yep. 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 Okay. You said something before about introducing new horses and you've got the round jar, but what happens if, you know, introducing a new horse and what distance is the actual track you know how long does it take the horse to get through and if you you know usually you put a horse in in with a group in the morning but what if they don't get through it what do you do 
if it gets to be nighttime and they need to see the boundaries and what sort of, you know, tell us a little bit about new horses and getting to know their personalities. We have, the first thing we've done at both of our stable yards is we put up a whole lot of just small solar lights and we put them on fence perimeters and on the buildings so that they can see. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's not a glaring light, like a big old farm light that, you know, it's like daylight all over the whole property. They're just small things that that give them the guidance. And we try so hard (laughs) to take a full moon for the time that we start to introduce the horse into a new place, because when nighttime comes, there's, there's that ambient light from the moon. It doesn't always work out that way. So we do, we try to hit the morning, get them in the new circumstance. When you take a horse normally into like a, a new pasture, a new field, you'll walk them around the perimeter. So they know where their fence is. It's very different with the track system yes, because yes. it's like, like they're in a, I don't want to say a tube, but there's like, they're, they're channeled mm, different mm, directions. But because we made the fences so visible, mm. they can see these fences. And probably, knowing horses, they can see them pretty well at night because it's all the the thick bands of white electric fence tape. And everything is, you know, insulators on top of posts, uh, the caps that keep everybody safe. It's uh, watching for anything that sticks out, doing constant inspections because especially at night, there might be something that no one has noticed that they could get hurt on. So we're just constantly aware of it. We're having, you know, thank goodness, very little injuries, very little troubles uh, with the way this goes. I think that their legs are stronger, their attitudes are better. It's hard when you have some horses you can't introduce into that, like the 41-year-old, like Mr. Vega. Um, He's too fragile. He's too precious to put him in any situation where he might get hurt. So he's happy. He lives up here. He he gallops around sometimes and scares me. He gallops so much. But and and then we have the social outcasts. I have a gelding that will mount everybody, the, the mares and the geldings. He's just and nothing has changed that. We've had the chase treeberry, the vitex, and all the different things. So he won't go in with the herd. But it's sort of like he made that choice. Yeah. He's, he's yeah. being antisocial, sure. and so he won't go in with the herd at least not till I try to figure it out. Mm. We have the small pony and the fences are so he could live in there, but you know, he's too fragile. And I think that he's in his thirties. So it's not worth taking that risk. Okay. Once again, you, you make those choices, but for the majority, the track system life has been just this quantum jump and improvement for them. And oh gosh, really, if we hadn't done this all of last year, if all of 2019 hadn't been building this, and let me tell you, that was a massive undertaking. If we hadn't done all of that, I don't know where we would be right now because Mark and I would be taking care of everything by ourselves mm. with a, a different system, so much more work and frustration, and probably horses not thriving as well. So this was divinely guided in some fashion that we got that done. and. Now we can really look at it, implement it, see the, how the horses are doing, and bring what we learn to other people. And I watch, I am constantly looking at other track systems and getting ideas from people. So many of them are in places where they do have grass. What they're doing is they're doing the track system to get the horses up off of the lush pasture. And we have this little thing, like if we only had a well and could make some pasture, you know, it's, <laughs> it's always where you are and what you, what you have. Yeah. Yeah. But I think I think horses are in general healthier if you can control that diet 
Yes. And that you you yeah, you keep them out of things that are so rich. We feed alfalfa, alfalfa hay. Yep, yep. Which is yeah, the lucerne we feed it because it's a good source of vitamins. Mm-hmm. And because we don't feed grains or composite feeds or anything like that, we do um we mix our own supplement. And interestingly, people that uh, have when I do need help with the hooves or something, they'll say that, gosh, you know, what what do you feed these horses? Mm-hmm. And I just make yep. a supplement with yeah, with magnesium yep. and methionine, fenugreek, kelp, nettles, cinnamon, and I put riboflavin, I put the B2 in because the sunlight is so intense up here in the desert on the mountain. Yeah. That by and of course, you know, B vitamins, they're water soluble. So if I'm giving something too much, they'll just it'll just go out in the urine. Yep. Um, but that'll protect their eyes. Okay. And yes. Just thoughts. It's just being thoughtful, yep. thinking it through. Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. We talked about the dimensions and, and you said a minimum of 15 feet wide, but it goes out. How do you, you know, I'm thinking about, because you don't want to get horses crowded or in a situation Mm. that they can't get out of. What do you do there? Because you think in a track system that maybe they'll get crowded, maybe they'll be pinned. What what can you do there to stop that? We make sure, yeah, we've made sure that we don't have any corners where a horse can get trapped in. Okay, yep. That everything everything flows, the round yard is sort of the shaping of, of the rest of it, and it goes out from there in these great curving lines. By doing that, there's only a couple of places where there's some corners, but there's not any fence near. The track is opened up there, like where the shelters are. So honestly, if they get themselves caught in a corner there, they were sort of asking for it because they mm-hmm. had lots of options to get away. Yeah. But anywhere where there's narrowness, we make sure that there's a curve so that it's like a visual that just sort of eases them to go on and, and get away that way instead of getting trapped. There's no way to get trapped. Yeah, yeah. You've certainly given me a lot to think about. And as you're doing it, I'm almost drawing and thinking, oh, if we did the shelters that way and did this and did that. And, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah I, I think there's, there's, you've given us lots of information and uh, lots of information, you know, for people that have got a group of horses that need exercise that, that they can't actually get to, that are just all ones that are overweight, that are just standing, standing around and, right. you know, waiting to be fed right. and I think, I think, wow, what a good system. And if you've got a solid boundary fence, you know, two and a half acres or a large, large enough paddock to put it in. Yeah. And then just mm. electric fence tape in between. And even though I know that yours is in the high desert and there'll be people in all sorts of different areas, but I think you've just given, I think that, you know, the solid outside fence and change your, um, your electric fence on the inside. Wow. I think that's really good. Yeah. It's, it's working. And Glass, mm-hmm. you know, we drew this. We drew up plans. We were planning. We had the vision on some acreage that's right abuts our property, our home. Yep. And we weren't able to, to get that. But while we were trying to, and we had a patron to help us, we found property just around the block. Okay. And we were able to get it yep. with the house and the barn and the in-ground swimming pool that will someday be water therapy for horses. Mm-hmm. And we had all of this already planned. And it wasn't planned for that particular size property, but you could extrapolate it, you know, in 30 minutes. And Mark made it happen. Mm-hmm. My husband got this done. And um, with a lot of help from a lot of friends and people at the time and companies that helped us with materials, we were blessed. But it didn't take any time to extrapolate our dream that we had been putting down on paper into what we had as an actuality was the property 
Yep. So I say, yeah. uh, dream, draw, plan, create, think outside the box. And, you know, if it's just, if you're thinking for the benefit of the horse, how will this help the horse? Then it has to be right. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Wow. Catherine, each time you come on, you know, you're sort of going to a completely different area, but this one has just been very good to <laughs> to chat to you about. Yeah. So, yeah, I've got to say thank you for that. I'm sure that it's good information for other people to listen to as well. Mm. Mm. Thank you, Glennis. Thank you. <laughs> no mm. worries. Catherine, looking forward to chatting with you again, and I don't know what we're chatting about next time, but I'm sure that it'll be something interesting. So thanks again for your time for <laughs> coming on today and looking forward to chatting again. Me too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate, and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below 